Today we celebrate the feast of the Holy Family. We may use the name family to describe whatever we please in our society today, and we do, and this is our freedom. But God has made plain through Jesus, Mary, and Joseph his will for every human family. Also, do not be misled by the words holy family into thinking that the family of Joseph, Mary, and Jesus was a perfect family, that is, a family who were given a free pass from the harsh realities of life. Nothing could be further from the truth. Joseph, Mary, and Jesus definitely did not live a sheltered life and a troubled free life. Follow this. Jesus was born almost 100 miles from the comfort of his home in rough conditions. The route to Bethlehem would have taken them through Samaria. Samaritans were not friendly to the Jews. We can assume that they were met with great hostility. Joseph probably had a donkey that Mary would have rode upon while she was in her final weeks of pregnancy. When they arrived in Bethlehem, they found no room in the inns and were forced to stay in a stable. Now, fathers, can you imagine telling your pregnant wife, who's about ready to give birth, that the only suitable place you had for her to give birth was an animal stable? I imagine that most wives would not be very receptive to this. To give birth in a stable, and I had a chance to visit a stable that was a replica of the stables that were used for animals in Jesus' day when I was on pilgrimage through Israel. It would have been cold, dark, and wet. And they would have shared it with animals. It would have most definitely been smelly and dirty. When the baby was born, and after the visit of the Magi, the family was forced to flee because King Herod ordered the execution of Jewish males under the age of two. So when Jesus was still an infant, the family had to flee their home country for a foreign land, Egypt. The journey was not easy. They would have had relied upon the hospitality of perfect strangers along the way to take them in. At night, they would therefore most likely have camped outside unless offered lodging by a welcoming person. Certainly, none of this was ideal. Later, when Jesus was 12 years old, Mary and Joseph lost him in Jerusalem. Imagine losing God. I mean, talk about messing up majorly, right? Imagine being parents of a child, and that child also is the son of God. God entrusted him to you, and you just lost him. It took Mary and Joseph three days to find Jesus. Mary and Joseph would have stumbled around and made mistakes. Now remember, our tradition teaches us from the scriptures that Mary was without sin throughout her life, but it doesn't make her exempt and Joseph from struggles in their lives. Jesus was without sin, and he had plenty of struggles. These are part of human life and therefore part of family life too. 
They were a holy family because they were a real family who realized their real need for God and strove for that holiness up and down their lives. Today we celebrate how the wonder of holiness is found in the midst of family life, where in the mergings of lives with other lives, we see the miracle of love being born and nurtured through the years. The feast of the Holy Family is about how God has chosen to be revealed in the ordinary ups and downs of family life. The Holy Family lived among a community of family and friends, just like we do. Their most important relationship, which enabled them to move forward through the difficulties of life with grace, was lived out with God. What made this family holy is the fact that their home was open to first live for God in his mission and then allow that to color every other aspect of their lives rather than God and religion just being one among many things that a family does. We can assume that none of us grew up in a perfect family and that some of us may have even grown up in a family that had great turmoil and struggles that just seem to be unsolvable, even to this day. But still, we yearn for the love of family. No matter the situation, all of us can gain from drawing near to the Holy Family and growing with their prayers and examples and through their intercession, whether we are a family of one or of many. The ideal may be hard to reach, but that should not discourage us, rather inspire us. Our first reading from Sirach was written prior to the Maccabean Revolt in 180 BC against the Syrians. It gives us a recipe or a secret for family life. It teaches us that every marriage or family require a basic respect shown by each member to the other members of the family. Sirach contains praises for wisdom and advice for the moral life. It especially focuses on interpersonal and family relationships. The verses we just heard addresses the duty owed to parents by their sons and daughters. They also reflect upon the commandment that God gave us, honor thy mother and father. This is the only commandment that comes with a promise. Sirach expands upon the promises of honoring our parents. For honoring our parents, by honoring them, it atones for our sins. It is a means of divine blessing where our prayers are being heard. It is also a guarantee of a long life. Even the patience required for the care of our elderly parents strengthens our character. God will look upon us with compassion when we offer good care to them. We must remember that God is always working for our good. And these guidelines that are laid out in Sirach helps us live a good life in our families, even in the messiness of our families. If you've never read the book of Sirach, go and read it. There's such beautiful wisdom there. St. John Paul II said this about the family. 
The future of the world and the future of the church passes through the family. This is so true. In other words, the health of the world and the health of our church will only be as good as the health of our families. Because men and women who are running our world and living in our world and running our church and populating our church, they all came from families. Produce strong families that are attached to God, beginning with husband and wife, and then raising up children together deep in the faith, then strong vocations to stable, happy, holy, and healthy future marriages in the world and vocations in the church will be the result. And so if you find yourself complaining regularly about the state of affairs in our world and in our church, the way to do something about it is to allow God more deeply into your life and into your family's life, no matter where you are in the ages of your family. This is the stuff that we have to do here at St. Francis over the next generation or two, because it has been the last few generations of neglect of our families that has put us in the world and in our church in the state that it is in and in this parish to this day. It is a generational work and it will be a generational work of undoing that. Now, I'm not talking about neglect of members of the family in regards to all the things that they're involved with. In fact, we have been paying far too much attention to their formation in every aspect of their lives out of love and out of good things, but to neglect the thing that matters the most. And remember, the church and the world comes through, as St. John Paul II, passes through the family. We will heal our families and our church and our world and our parish simply by following God's design for the family. For instance, every child has the right to enjoy the security of committed love and consistent example, both from a mother and a father. We know Mary was very capable of running a household, even without Joseph, but God did not ask her to do it alone. God picked Joseph to love her, to wed her, and to protect Mary. He also chose Joseph to love, teach, and nurture Jesus through childhood, adolescence, and into adulthood. God gave his only son an authentic human family to be formed into the Savior of humanity and thereby the Savior of the family. The time and the place and the circumstances of Jesus' birth and the formation of the family into which he was to be born were not accidental. God's design for a two-parent home is the ideal that the Holy Family holds out to us. We may know many children who have grown up in a loving home that had a single parent, which is more common today. But all families have something to learn from the Holy Family. 
and of God's design for family life. Along these lines, too, we must never forget that Mary became a single parent after the death of Joseph and thereby continued to shape and form the life of Jesus. Thus, even within the Holy Family, we know that God fully understands the spectrum of the family, such as when only one parent can raise their children or after the death of the spouse. Remember, also, the church itself began in the home of Joseph and Mary. Because Jesus was the founder of the church, and he was first formed and founded in the Holy Family. Jesus was an infant at birth, not a fully mature man. He needed the same care and nurturing that all humans need. We can assume that Mary and Joseph had to change diapers, were getting spit up on, and even getting up at night for feedings. It would be 30 years later before Jesus began his public ministry. So in his infancy and youth and young adulthood is where his growth to maturity takes place in the context of the human family. The Catechism says this, the Christian home is the place where children receive the first proclamation of the faith. For this reason, the family home is rightly called the domestic church, a community of grace and prayer, a school of human virtue and of Christian charity. Every Christian family is meant to be a domestic church, a, a home church. In our families, we learn to trust others, we learn to speak and how to behave, we learn about relating to others, we learn to love both God and neighbor. Human love and divine love cannot be learned in isolation or from a book, but only in a community, a community of the family and a community of families together, which we call a church, a parish church. Mary, remember this, Mary and Joseph were devout, belie devout believers in God and followed the way of their religious faith with others. So they attended religious services regularly by honoring the Sabbath weekly with other families in their community. And they raised their families together in faith and human virtue as a community. In all this lies the model for, for all families today, no matter their makeup. All families who truly desire to raise their families up to God, which I realize in today's world, there are families who don't even know that desire, have never learned that hunger. But to the families who, who truly desire to raise their families up to God and be together with them forever in the life of heaven, not just for a few years here and now in the merely human life. And this is something that all of us need to learn or learn more deeply so that we can teach other families this. Who love one another, but a motivation such as I just don't want to love you here and now for a few years. I want to love you forever. But the only way that we're going to do that 
is to place God at the center. Because if we don't, then we see what is inevitably happening across our land today. Families are splitting apart. And over the last couple generations, most of the children who have been raised up into adulthood don't even know God anymore. Or if they do, they know him, but they don't follow him. They don't come to church. They don't put him at the center. They don't see him as most important in their life, just one among many at best. Which leads us to the missionaries, to the family, and the start of a new family ministry here at St. Francis. To help us live God's design for family life at St. Francis de Sales Parish, I would like to introduce you to a new initiative here called the Missionaries to the Family, which was born out of the challenges and opportunities of the modern world to our families today. Missionaries to the Family is an innovative response to the last several popes' call for accompaniment of families in the context of faith and friendship. It is a national initiative, a new one, and St. Francis de Sales was asked to pilot this as an initiative, one among just a few in our diocese, among the several parishes throughout the United States who are piloting it currently. This initiative equips married couples with families to become missionaries within their own parishes. Our St. Francis parishioners received one year of theological and spiritual training and formation to authentically and effectively walk with other families here in faith. Our missionaries are families who are just like you, dealing with the same struggles in life and joys, and serving for and striving for holiness as they lead their families to heaven. So one of their first ministries at our parish will be to work with parishioner families to create a family ministry within our church. Now let me be clear about the start of this ministry. It is just getting started. We have spent a year forming a group of families, but they will not be the ones who are the primary drivers, just the initial leadership structure for this, who've had some formation and understand really what the what Christ is calling families to be. So they will act, for instance, in an advisory role, and they will be on this council together. But for this to work, it's going to take many families to do this. Families with younger children, families with kids in, in, in middle school and in high school, and, and families who have raised their families and want to continue to do that, need to do that, not just for years to come, but also are willing to get the formation and the opportunities to help younger families and to be mentors with them. What would this look like? First of all, it will be flexible to suit your family schedules. Secondly, it will start out parent to parent and eventually grow into groups of families loving and supporting each other, and inviting others into the life of Christ and his church. All kinds of settings are possible. Meeting for coffee, family nights, picnics, camping trips, canoeing trips, and the options are many. 
There'll be social opportunities to form friendships. There'll be spiritual opportunities to form the families together. There'll be outreach opportunities to reach out to other families and to people in need and the poor programs, opportunities to help others. When you may be wondering how you can add one more thing to your schedule, but let me ask you this question. If our faith If we're sitting here today in church and saying that our faith is the most important thing to us in this life and getting our kids to heaven, which is never a guarantee, is our number one priority, how can we not do this as a parish? Can you answer that for me? How can we not do this? And how can you not take responsibility for this? The beauty of this ministry is it helps you bring God into many areas of your family life. We're not asking you to alter your family, but to transform it. That is, not to get rid of a bunch of stuff, but to make one thing the focus that infuses life and perspective and appreciation and God's presence into every aspect of your life. And helps you sanctify the time that you spend with your family and glorify God in this world for your family, no matter what your schedule is. So here's my invitation to you. Pray. Begin with prayer. Pray and ask God to create the time and space in your family to intentionally put him at the center of your life. Or make the tweaks that reorient you to ways of faith in your everyday life. Then pray again. Pray asking God if this new family ministry will be good for your family. Pray then again about reaching out to the missionaries to the family with your willingness to work with them to help us start this ministry together. This ministry will not start And it will not be successful and faithful without you. We are putting together, as I mentioned, a leadership structure for this ministry to work. It will take time and it will take a community of families who desire to live God's design for their family and who are willing to work together to make it happen for themselves and many other families in the future. Because we love our families, we love this parish, and we love our nation, and we want, and we desperately see the need for transformation. It is so easy just to continue to do all the other things important to us in life, but not the main thing that should be most important in our life. God blesses us when we reorder our time to put him at the center of our busy lives rather than relegate God to just one thing among many things that you need to get done in the week. We make time for things that are important to us. Prove it. Through the missionaries to the family ministry, we are simply bringing families together to make the connections to each other and to God. There will be one representative missionary couple after all of our masses this weekend. Who is that couple at this mass? Please stand. Bob and Christine. Also, um, we have um, uh, uh, 
the bouses. And um, so just see either one of them after the Mass and say, I'm all in, or I'm going to take some time to pray about it, and I'll get back with you. Thank you, guys. They would love to meet you. If you would like to help us put together our family ministries and in a way that is convenient for you and meet the family needs that are in our parish, please let us know. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, pray for us.